0: And welcome to the InstaClan live sessions. These are chilled out chats with my fibre friends. So grab a cuppa and join us as we see where the conversation takes us. Right, hopefully Claudia should be just coming in. Oh look, you've even changed garments! Oh, well, I had to wear crochet! <laughs> me too! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how are you doing i
1: am doing great the family and i are getting ready to go on a, bit, a little staycation mm. so after this interview we're gonna pack quickly and head on out
0: <laughs> oh that's like great timing final bit of work off on holiday oh, okay. well it's let you me <laughs> That's all the thing is that I can go on holiday now. My kitchen is clean. Do you um, mop yourself out of the house? You know, I thought for
1: so long I was like this crazy person that did that. Excuse me. But I cannot go on a vacation if the kitchen isn't clean, if the laundry isn't done. Because all I can think about is I'm going to come back to it and I don't want to do that.
0: That is uh, exactly what happens in this house, but it kind of happens slightly differently. I run around the house looking at all the things that need to be done, and Matthew somehow just has the time to play guitar, and then it really winds me up. I'm like, "Can you not see all the things that need to be done?" And he's like, "No, just strolling away," and I'm like, "No, like, let's it's time to clean the refrigerator out now." <laughs> all these things you didn't know we needed to do before we go on holiday. That's we need to. Yes, absolutely. So, obviously I am here with the gorgeous, lovely, talented, amazing Claudia Carpenter from Crochet Luna. Hello. Hello. Claudia and I have been firm friends for many, many years now and we were bonded with um, crochet and love of fibre and love of arts and colour and also I think quite a love of frank talk and just seeing it as it is. Is. And that's where Kindred Spirits on that front. And so when I came across the idea of doing the newly coined Instaclan live sessions, like who better to have on than our lovely Claudia and um, to just shoot the breeze, talk about anything yarny with no clear plan, but to just have a good old chat and um, record it on Instagram. I hope
1: everyone's got a project. I hope everybody's working on something. I hope that I just you know I just finished my my cardigan, so I'm now I have pattern and yarn for the next project, which is I'm calling it like a palette cleanser because sometimes sometimes when you work on a project for so long, you don't want to stop crocheting but you don't want to dive into anything too complicated and so I did the math yesterday and it took me six months to finish it. Wow. Yeah, it's. I am not a fast crocheter, you know, and so I I have other projects, and obviously, I have other responsibilities, and so six months to do a cardigan, yeah, it might seem like a long time, but I think it's pretty much on par with how I have worked on garments in the past.
0: Garments are a big undertaking, aren't they? They're just like, um, it's a lot of investment in time, in money for the yarn, and in frogging and redoing i think as well like it's huge which i did i did and
1: i i purposely because this year i said to myself i'm i'm done with making things that i figure maybe i can tweak them later or mm, if they don't fit you know i just wanted something that when i finished it blocked it was gonna wear it this is something that is now in my wardrobe as a staple to wear. And so, yeah, I frogged it. I actually went, dif- used different hook sizes, which the pattern didn't necessarily call for. Um, and I think it gave me a really good insight into my crochet, how I crochet. So that's sort of like the journey that I feel like I'm on this year. Like, what kind of crocheter am I? Like, how do I want to tackle all these things? I've got the boobage, you know. You know that that is one of those things that yeah you've got to you've got to tackle you can't just think it's gonna fit because in the end it doesn't fit
0: yeah I think the boobs are probably one of the biggest like hurdles to get over when you start doing garments And, and I mean like if you've got a really big chest or if you've got no chest as well although that's kind of slightly easier with like the boyfriend fit thing, but if you've got really big boobs, it's like most most patterns don't cater for that because you could have a massive chest. I'm like, use my answer. You could have a massive chest and like no waist, no hips, and a lot of patterns just don't cater for that type of body shape. Enough. I don't
1: think you can hit all of the things.
0: You would the pattern would be 120 pages, you
1: know, and it's like. You just have to, I think with experience, you can, you can make those tweaks, even if it's just going up hook size in a certain area of the garment. I think just those things are sort of like, you know, it's easier just to make two flat panels and seam them up and say, I have a top and I have one of those. And there's, there's a place in every wardrobe for that. But if you want something a little bit more fitted or that just looks a little bit different, like you're saying, like I have big boobs, I have big hips. But I have friends who've got the boobage, but they're skinny
0: minis at the bottom. So how do you tackle that? Yeah, Yeah, it's quite difficult. And as somebody who's hopefully about to start doing garment designing for crochet and knitwear, like the boob issue is one that I am um, excited and really dreading because it's something I want to be able to tackle um, within Patterns but. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to ask you some quick, questions so that people who may not know you can get a little, um, a little flavor of Claudia. So number one, what was the last song that you purposefully played? Like you searched out that song and you pressed play because you had to hear that song right then.
1: Nicki is Barbie Sings, Barbie Sings.
0: Okay. I don't know okay, what I
1: expected. I that song... In the car because obviously, you know, it's got some X-rated parts, but I like rap. I like women rappers. I like how they they own their sexuality and they're like, it's mine and I'll do with it what I want. You know. So I I like that. And so their lyrics are very explicit. Yeah, and it might not be for everyone,
0: but I I dig it. Like I like it. I'm here for it. <laughs> but um we're going to yarn now favorite yarn blend um right now it's the merino alpaca i
1: like that i don't particularly like 100 percent merino i mean 100 percent alpaca because unless because you're not going to make a garment with this it's just not gonna hold so i think this is great for like a shawl Um, I like alpaca, but I don't necessarily like it as 100% alpaca, to be honest with you. I I think I like touching it and feeling it more than I like working with it 100%. But once you start mixing different percentages of merino with the alpaca, it's a game changer. And the
0: twist, obviously. The twist is very important, as we know. (laughs) Um, What was the last pattern that you bought? Uh, The last
1: pattern that I bought was for some slippers um, by, mm, I don't have it here. I, um, I meet every Wednesday morning with my cousin, Evelyn. I taught her how to crochet. For many years, I would crochet things. Can you make me this? Can you make me that? Sure. And I would make it. And I made this beautiful hat for her daughter that was based on a Russian pattern. So you can't find really the pattern you can find someone who kind of translated the pattern and I said to her this is the last thing I'm going to make I'm going to teach you how to crochet because now you can make all the things and so she's become this amazing crocheter that does incredible lace work Um, and so we meet on Wednesdays at a Starbucks and we just crochet and so we both kind of finished the project and we said let's just work on something simple for the both of us and she found a little super pattern, um, that we're working on.
0: That, does it feel satisfying that you've taught her to crochet and that she's, she's leveling up and leveling up.
1: Massively, massively rewarding to see her not, she doesn't crochet what I crochet, you know, but she tends to go to the lace, very complicated stuff. And, um, I love it. I really love that she's taken something that I love and it's become
0: something that she loves as well. Yep. That shared interest is really special, I think. When you've got somebody that you love and you have that bonded thing is lovely.
1: Yes, because I haven't really been able to teach my children. Like, my children have no interest in it. Um, really, aside from her, she there's no one in the family that's really... Well, I lie. I lie. I On Brandon's side, my husband's side, his sister does crochet and then um, his niece crochets as well. I gave them a massive stash of cro- of yarn because I de a bunch. Like, massive. And I'm like, take it.
0: Take it. <laughs> um, you've been going through quite a massive destash, so haven't you? Not just yarn, but like I saw earlier, I mean, you were de books, but you kept the French book because you're going to... Relearn how to speak French, which is... Yes, I had my first
1: tutoring session with uh, my French tutor, um, Pascal, in Paris. And uh, it was funny because she's like, I crochet too. And I was like, wait a minute. She goes, I think I know you. I was like, what? She's like, and I gave her my name. She goes, I've seen your videos. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like oh my God. And we just like, we're bonding about this. And because I, I do speak some French and I understand actually a lot of French, um, the way we are doing the sessions is I said, you know, I really just want to focus on being able to converse about fiber and crochet and knitting uh, very comfortably in French. And so she played me a video of a, of a festival in France that took place that was about sewing and knitting and yarn And we discussed it. So that the experience was amazing because I said, you know, even though people speak very fast, I do pick up parts of it and I can put it together. And when it comes to a yarn festival, yeah, I think I know what they're talking about. Right. Um, but we're going, she's going to teach me how to say different terms, different stitches in French. Um, and so I, I'm just, I'm just so happy about doing that. And you know, I'm impulsive. They, I'm impulsive. So oh. I was going, I am very impulsive. <laughs> yes. So I'm going through my books and I have a huge library of um, French books, dictionaries and things like that. And I'm like, I'm just going to go find a tutor right now. Somebody's out there, to, you know, that wants to talk. and just speak. I don't need to really learn how to conjugate things. I just want to learn how, you know, just get my brain in that French mode. And I found her. And as you're looking at the different pictures of tutors, I saw her face and I'm like, I think she's the one. And when she's like, I crochet too. And I'm like, the universe has brought us together, Pascal.
0: <laughs> she is your new French bestie.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Um, what colors are you drawn to at the moment? Right
1: now it's yellows and earth tones. Yeah, yeah. I I we you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago and I said I had all this hot pink in my stash that I just gave away. I was in a hot pink mode and um funny enough. Do you recognize this?
0: I do. Crisscross.
1: Crisscross. This is my travel shawl. This thing goes with me everywhere. And the, I had a whole massive stash of this kind of pink. And I'm just like, I think I'm done. I think I'm mm-hmm. done with that. And when people always ask, you know, what's your favorite color? And I always say, I really, I really don't have a favorite color. I just kind of have color modes that I go in and out of.
0: are they influenced by the seasons at all? No.
1: They're mm-hmm. mostly influenced by um, things that I see in art, uh, things that I'm picking up on read book covers things like that magazines just visual things that stimulate me yeah
0: yeah excellent thank you for that and my last quickfire, which can't really be a quick fire because it's a very open-ended question um what do you love about cruelty like Well do i i'm gonna take a minute to think about it well you can take a minute and we'll we can um, we can dance back to it Well, it encompasses so
1: many of the things that I love. I'm a visual artist. I've been a painter all my life. Um, There came a point where I had to put the paint away because I like to work in oils and there's turpentine and there's all kinds of, you know, chemicals. And I had, the kids were so small. And so I was doing watercolor for a long time because I also love watercolor. But I, I just felt like I couldn't leave things out because of the children. And I went through probably like a year to a year and a half of feeling really frustrated, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Like I was like, there's something not something off about the way I'm living right now that I, do, I don't like. And at the same time, my daughter was turning like five and I went back to thinking, I want to crochet. I want to. I've always want, wanted to crochet. I've carried crochet in my soul since I was born literally that's the way I feel because I have throughout my life always had the memories of crocheting my great-grandmother and that hook and that yarn in hand those crocheted curtains in our house the doilies so even though I could not crochet and I tried I tried many times I've felt like I carried it in my soul so it's, it's something that's very personal to me and so I finally said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. I want to make her something. I want to make my, my kid something. And I found a book and I found YouTube. And so when we did the pre-interview today, I said I had a little surprise for you. This is the very first thing I ever crocheted to finish, from start to finish. This is a scarf that I made my daughter when she was five. It's just made out of a cheap acrylic and I put some little flower buttons. And as I was looking for some stuff, I, you know, decluttering, right? You're finding all this stuff. I found this and it's really special to me because this was a journey of 40 plus years to try and get to this point. And then after this, it was like, there's no stopping me. So crochet for me, brought me back to a point where I could express myself creatively I could um design and create and and be stimulated by colors and textures all of the things that were that for me in painting you know I loved when I painted I painted big I painted small um, mm-hmm. I painted with texture I love to build you know. Thick brush strokes like Lucian Freud is one of my favorite painters because when you look at his paintings you see the brush strokes it's not they're not trying to be hidden um and so for me crochet just encompasses everything that's creative and everything that I love and so and with it comes its frustrations right because when people say oh crochet is so great and relaxing yes but with it comes um a level of frustration right that uh, I think a lot of people don't talk about because you can, I've thrown patterns against the wall. I've thrown, you know, half-finished objects in, against the wall going, I'm not going to do this. This is ridiculous, right? So there's this vitality, there's this reality, there's this thing that just for me is is encompassed in crochet. Yeah. I don't know that's the long answer.
0: <laughs> that's, um like that's the answer I don't expect you to give I would expect it to be linked back to art and being um creative um and I, I'm amazed the scarf that you made your daughter looks so neat and colourful and lovely and that was your first thing that you crocheted Yeah, yeah Incredible. So and I'm guessing that's not going to be decluttered that is staying oh. we'll go back into a treasure box somewhere and uh and be kept
1: yeah, because you know how many people have that first piece. I, you know, I, I'm not a lot, and people wish a lot of people say, "Oh, I wish I had that first piece." And then, like I said, it's nothing really special. It's just cheap acrylic yarn. But it, I it took me like 40 years
0: to get to this point. <laughs> and it's really special because your daughter wore it, and you made it for her. And those handmade mm-hmm. things are always more special than like mass-produced shop Always, every time. So you've had a real shift change this year, haven't you? You are ops manager, um, operations manager with Lady Di Yarns. You stopped doing that towards the beginning of this year. What is, um, what's fresh for you? Like what, what are you up to and what are you planning? Because I know you, there's stuff going on.
1: <laughs> there is stuff. Um, I've had an idea for a couple of years that's been brewing in my, in my head. And I, it was finally, I had the mental clarity and time to really think about how to develop this idea. And um, it's about providing the crochet community a new way of experiencing patterns that basically uh, include the three elements that I, are important to me, which are art, crochet, and reading, because I love to read. I don't physically read books, but I listen to books. And I've always done that. Um, uh, Right now, I just started a 38-hour biography on Stalin. Okay, but that's coming off the heels of, um, I joined a Women of Science Fiction book club, and we read a book called uh, Terminal Shock, which was awesome. I just had a discussion about that uh, a couple weeks ago. It was amazing. Um, and so reading has always been a big part of what what I do, I have to, I have to read. Like it's like, it's not even like a choice, right? You have to read. Um and so I'm working on this really extensive project that I am looking to launch in September and I will be dropping more hints about it. Um, but it's tech, basically, I want crocheters to experience patterns in a new way, in a different way. And so that that's what I'm working on.
0: Excellent. So we'll hear more about that towards the end of the summer? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, Naughty Crush is asking um, what the name of the Sci-Fi Fiction Group is.
1: Um, it's Women of Science Fiction. I know who you are. Lady, so I will send you a link. Anybody who wants the link to that group, I will be posting more about it because she's very intentional in that she would like uh, more BIPOC participation in the group. The next book that we're gonna read is by a Japanese author. Um, Don't remember quite the name of it, but she's um, being very inclusive in who she's uh, the books that we're reading. It's only one book a quarter for this year, so it's very it's very doable,
0: basically. Excellent. And can we also talk a little bit about your Z-twist yarn? Because that's another little side hustle you have have and have going on. What's, um, what's happening with this?
1: So that's one of the patterns we'll be used. Um, we'll be using that yarn. And um, one of the things that I think I would love to get out there for people to understand is that when you buy yarn, the machines that create that yarn are set up a certain way. They're calibrated. They're set up a certain way. In order for a Z-twist yarn to be made, those machines essentially have to be reversed. You know, the gears, everything. Because the twist on commercial yarns, 99.9% of yarns, is an S-twist. Anybody can grab, look at your yarn. If you've got yarn in your hand right now, you can see that the twist is an S-twist. And our yarn, Luna yarns and Z-twist yarns, have what's called a Z-twist. Why that's important is that if you're a right-handed crocheter and you are crocheting with yarn that you've bought, you're essentially undoing that twist. With a Z-twist yarn, you're tightening up that that twist. And so the stitch definition is so much better. And there's like this bounciness to to the object that you're creating. That I, I have not had that experience with other yarns. Um, I work with a mill in San Diego, and so I will be talking to them later on in the summer about the next order of, of yarn because there's,
0: there's really no one in this country that's doing it. There, there are no mills really doing it. What it does I, mean is if you're a left hander, then most of the commercial yarns on the marketplace, are amazing for you because you're adding your twist into your stitch. So your stitch definition, that really pops out. Um, But if you're right-handed, the Z-twist really makes a difference. Yep. And it's beautiful. So it's lovely to hear that you've got plans, but also that um, the production is local to you, which I know is important. You know that that makes my heart beat a little faster when people know
1: I can go go pet the alpacas, you know, I can, as a matter of fact, uh, was it a year, two years ago, pre-pandemic, you know, when, when it's time to share them, um, they had asked me to go and help out. And then I got bronchitis that weekend. I was so sick and I couldn't go, but yes, I can, you can go help them during that time. Um, they've got the crias, you know, the baby alpaca. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute oh they're so cute but what really was charming is they have a bunch of cats like you know ranch cats and stuff like that and they just go in and out the alpaca's legs and they rub up against them and they're just chilling out and I just it's such it's such a great life I think looking at from the outside um even yesterday I was at a horse ranch that was amazing and um, oh, Amélie, bonjour, Amélie, my friend from France is in here. Ça va? <laughs> um, so what I love about being outdoors and being with these animals, um, is that sense of like connection that you're missing when primarily you're like me, like a homebody, right? But when I'm outside, I'm like, oh, look at this, and look at this, and look at this. Um, and I don't do a lot of traveling and I don't really... I'm not like a hiker. I'm not like, I don't like the beach. Can you believe it? I live 30 minutes from the beach and I don't like it. Um, So yesterday it was a real treat to be around the horses. My God, they're just such majestic creatures. And they're so sassy. Like there was this one horse who I literally was, I picked up my camera and he's like, hey, here I am. Take a picture of me. I got closer and, yes it was like that it was just so amazing and it was just it was beautiful but going back to my point I love how it looks on the outside I don't think I'm built for that life
0: I think it's quite a hard life yes um like to have livestock and to farm can often be glorified to look wonderful and beautiful but actually it's a really hard life like it's like work. Yeah, I I listen to quite a few um, British farming podcasts because agriculture and farming really interests me. And um, like, and I used to date a farmer, <laughs> so I know how many hours go in. Like, I I grew up in rural Scotland. I know how many hours go in. I can see it. We've got fields at the back of us and at the front of us, and. In the summer, it's it's they work all the hours and the tractors are going and they've got big floodlights on because they're just trying to keep in time with the season. Um, and it's the same, you know, you have the season of animals as well. And I think it's just a really intense, but really rewarding life.
1: You have, You have cows in the back, right?
0: Yeah, we have, um, they haven't arrived this year yet, but we have bullocks that come to the back of the field. I'm quite glad they haven't arrived yet because we need to fix the gate so they can't get into the garden. We've got a table pushed up against it at the moment, but they're due like any day, week now, and I keep on looking out. I'm like, where are the boys? I, I love it.
1: I love looking at them. And I even said to him yesterday, would you ever have sheep? He goes, no, I wouldn't have sheep. Because it's just a massive horse farm, and what he, what they do, his wife is actually the one that that runs it. Is people board their horses in the on their property, so yeah, yeah, it looks really beautiful. But yeah, you know, my grandfather was a farmer, and I used to spend summers in the farm, and I hated it.
0: <laughs> I would well, not like. Yeah, so you don't Anybody like the bee. You don't like the farm. <laughs>
1: I mean, where if you had an ideal place where you felt the most comfortable, not your home, where yeah. would it be?
0: I'm really drawn to the sea, like massively drawn to the sea. And it's because there's a change in viewpoint every day every second like I love hills and mountains and really enjoyed being up in the mountains in Austria the other week but actually the sea is just ever changing the colors are ever changing and you've got this refreshing breeze that comes in and if you're on a stony beach you can see a totally different stone within the same like little square meter I just um it's a place where lots of the details could overwhelm you if you let them But actually, I I find like the noise and everything really refreshing and calming. And I just like when I get really wound up and it probably only happens like once or twice a year. I'm like, I'm off to the sea. I'm just off to get that scenery and just like recharge the batteries. So, yeah, always the sea. Always. Yeah,
1: Yeah, my my dad's that way. He, um, Mom, my stepdad, um, he ran away from home when he was like 12 and he sailed around the world and yes that's what he did and so he his dream has always been to get on. he has a boat but um ask me how many times i've been on that boat
0: i mean once one time there was this one time i went on a boat
1: (laughs) one time on the boat and what was so funny is that sabina who'd never been on a boat we took the kids with us and she had her sea legs within minutes she's like where's my fishing pole? You know? And I'm like, where's a Dramamine? Where can I go lay down?
0: (laughs) So It just wasn't for you. You just didn't didn't enjoy it. I, I do not find
1: connection with the sea. And he does. He, even now he's like, I want to come to San Diego and bring the boat and sail and, you know, and I'm just like, okay, but.
0: Come and see um, me on dry land. So where do you go to? Like, where's your restaurant? Bookstore book book stores. Stores and
1: museum. Mm-hmm. I could live in a bookstore. um
0: you smell the books?
1: Oh, yeah. Gots, gots to. <laughs> you got to see where that paper's been, right? Somehow. Some I mean, some of the most delicious books are, like, in the antique bookstores, you know, you could just... I,
0: yeah. I love books and I love being surrounded by books. Like they're my, we used to have Borders over here, which I think is an American bookshop. No longer. Yeah, they went out of no So we had it here and my friend Jenny um, spent many years in New York and she complained bitterly when Borders closed down because our other brand is Waterstones. And she said, it doesn't smell the same. She said, the books do not smell the same. Borders Books smell different from Waterstones books I was like you know they're coming from like the same the same publishers the same factories and she was like no it's not it, it smells different she was like emphatic They smell totally different and she's she also is a book sniffer
1: she's up to something because it's true there but you know there's just I I don't know if you do you remember watching Twilight Zone the black and white version no Twilight Zone did you, did you never watch Twilight Zone? No. God, that's your homework. I okay, back Twilight,
0: back Twilight yeah. Zone. Twilight <laughs> Zone.
1: There is there's an episode where this well, I won't, I won't give it away, but anyway, he ends up with all the time in the world and he, he stacks up the books. The world has ended with all the time in the world, with stacks of books that he's going to read. And he trips and breaks his glasses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrendous. Yeah, no, so I... the model in does isn't there? Yeah. Get reading. Yeah. Claire I... is saying that she would have a bookshop by the sea, and that would be her thing. She'd be like settled. A uh, bookshop by
1: the sea, yeah, that would be cool. That would
0: be yeah. Cool. And Naughty Crush is saying that timing off at the last is the name of the episode that you just spoke yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah oh so she knows her twilight zone Mm.
1: and actually almost every famous actor that you could think of had had an episode on twilight zone a lot of really well-known actors and then you see them and you're like oh my god that's so-and-so
0: yeah yeah so if you could change something about the crafting industry what would you change Before this question was coming, I have to, so you're allowed time to think yeah. about that, because that's a big old question. That is a big
1: I think that social media is dictating a lot of how people are proceeding craft. Yeah. Um, I actually did some research for something else yesterday. You know, the crafting industry is, going, is scheduled to be a $50 billion industry by 2024 globally. $50 billion. Okay, that, and, and when you think about craft, um, so many things fall under that umbrella. But I think because of the way social media is so intertwined with craft right now, that it is influencing sort, sort of the things that are happening, some good, some bad, right? Um, I think diversity is important in crafting because those voices bring in new ideas and new ways of seeing things that maybe we have not been exposed to. So I think that's a good thing. Um, I think what I would change is that people should craft for joy, not so much for showing. Like we kind of fall into those things like, I want to show, I want to show, I want to show. Um, and that's why I don't mind that it took me six months to crochet a cardigan. Um, so I think that it kind of makes you want to craft faster. Like I can make this pattern in two weeks. I can post that picture. I can talk about it. Let me move on to the next. Right. So I think that that's one of the things I would like to change. Um, and I would also like that the industry itself, the people who are the big players, recognize crochet as being a big player that's you know my mission right I mean it's the thing it's like why are we still talking about crochet as if it's a secondary crap because it's not why are we still being ignored by yarn shops why are you know why are designers in crochet not getting the exposure as knitting designers mind you you knit I knit I have ultimate respect I mean I have I'm not here to bash knitting but I would like to see Crochet elevated to have the same opportunities. Although, I mean, I'm watching a show that is called Minx. I don't know if you've heard it, M-I-N-X. It's completely not suitable for children. There's full frontal male exposure. They don't make it, you know, it's... Okay. And and it's, it's taken place in the 70s. And you'll see so much crochet in that show. I love it. Like crochet stands out. Crochet is a staple. It's a staple in movies. Um, It's a staple in fashion, in a way that knitting sort of is sort of like, a oh, that's a knitted sweater, right? But when you see something that, uh, like even in um, Don't Look Up on Netflix, that sweater that Jennifer Lawrence wore, right? So crochet has this massive impact on culture, massive impact on film, on television, yet that's not really translated into, I'm going to go to a yarn shop and see this amazing crochet, right? So that's sort of like what I would like to see change. And that's only going to change is if we crocheters get loud about it and start asking the people who make yarn and asking the shop owners, Where's your crochet? Yeah, I see your granny stitch blanket. I see your granny. I see it. I love it. But let me let me show you this, right? Yeah. So that's what I would like to see change.
0: I think your, um, your point about social media, I guess what we're talking about there in particular is Instagram and how, like it just does feel like people can just pound stuff out. Um, And I think some of that is because um, of the way that some designers can work, that they are working so far in advance that it just looks like they are like, here's a pattern, here's a pattern, here's a pattern. And it's really not like that. You and I both um, know that to be the case, but it does also put on a, like a certain amount of pressure to have like the most beautiful grade, the most beautiful. And I fall under that pressure all the time, and it's quite—it's quite a weight to to bear down on you. And um, I'm not like—I guess talking about it is a really good first step for trying to get over it, and. Um, like slowing it down taking it back to its roots and I need to chase down the article but somebody wrote an article recently and they talked about the fact that and they were I think they were specifically citing knitting but I think they meant craft in general and they were saying that um craft is in danger of becoming fast fashion and I really need to go back true because it's, it's it's what you're speaking to it's this idea that there's a, this little hamster wheel of making and actually maybe the joys and the slowing down and the enjoying the stitching and not pushing on to the next and the next and the next but I'm not sure given that you're talking about the size of the industry and you've been you know multi-billion pounds how those two things connect because there's now like a commercial force pushing new patterns new yarn new 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 and then how how do those things kind of connect but disconnect enough that it's not fast fashion? That what we're doing isn't fast fashion.
1: Yes, I think that we just become programmed by that thinking. Oh, what's the new pattern? What's the newest pattern? What's the newest pattern? Um, when you look, when you look at your Ravelry library or your pattern library, how many patterns are sitting in that library?
0: I was discussing that you this. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, I want to make it. But you never get to make it because that pattern is three years old. And like now it's like just been sitting there. And and so I am really trying to be in the moment because I, I do like new patterns that come out. But I'm also revisiting. Like I've actually this last week, I went through all of my inside crochet magazines because I get them digitally. It's great because you can print the patterns out. And I went through all the ones that I've had for the last two years and I'm like, wow, that's a great pattern. Wow. That's a great pattern. That's a great pattern. And so it's like, why didn't I see this before? Like, you know, because you're just flipping through the magazine going, ah, next, you know? And so now I'm, I sat with a lot of those issues, great articles, really informative articles, um, beautiful recipes, you know, yarn lines, there's, it's almost like I wish magazines didn't come out every month. You know what I mean? It was almost like, let me sit with this issue for a couple of months and let me sit with it. Let me like more it, you know, I got more it and I'm like, Oh my God. I was just like, all right, I'm taking this on vacation. I'm going to sit down every morning. I'm going to have a coffee. I'm going to really study these patterns and really look at the yarn lines. So yeah, I, I think that, We just get in a mode of like, go, go, go. Even with our crafting, which our lives are like that. Like everyone's life is go, go, go. Why does that element have to come into our crafting as well?
0: Um, Over Christmas, I was doing some jigsawing because I've really, I've always been a jigsaw. I've loved it. I love how it takes me into it. It's a bit like being at the sea. It's a totally different space. But the whole time that I was jigsawing, my brain was going, what about the crochet what about your crochet friends your yarny friends are missing you and my projects are just over there and they were like have you forgotten about us we were your <laughs> and I was like I was really having to be mindful to quieten down my mind and go this is acceptable too like and I think that's part of it certainly for me is I want to do so many things that I kind of am in a rush to do them but I'm not not in a rush to show them off on Instagram. I'm in a rush because I'm like, I've only got so many years left on this planet. I want to do all the things. I want to try all the crafts. I want to use all the yarns and all the blends and all the colors and try all the patterns and do all the techniques. So yeah, I definitely am in a crafting rush, but not for Instagram, <laughs> for me, I, well, you know, I
1: always remember. I always remember this quote by Harold Bloom where he says, you know, you only have so many books in your life you're going to read, make them good, basically. You, know? you only have so much time on this planet. But, you know, I read trashy romance novels. I mean, they're just as good for me as reading, you know, a biography of Stalin. I get, You know what I mean? It's like, I do both. It's, I'm not like, one of the things that I absolutely hate, and actually I was watching uh, Amy Beth from the Fat Squirrels' latest podcast and she was talking about you know how icky it is to hear people talk about art versus craft um like she she really doesn't like that because you know like she went to some yarn festival or something and they were there were some ceramics there and the person said well you know she's a fine artist right (laughs) like right she's a fine artist as opposed to what a you know you know having gone through art school and having this be the discussion that what is art like what is art like you'll never solve it right and to then to relegate craft as, again, a secondary thing. It's a craft. It's not an, a fine art. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I feel that above all creativity trumps fine art or craft. Yeah, The creativity that everyone has, you know, I like to me, I almost hurt when I hear people say, well, I'm not creative. Well, you just made that or I'm not, I'm not an artist. Well, you just did that, you know? And so I feel like people should give themselves a break. It's like the minute you are creating something to me, you are an artist,
0: you know, you are making something from nothing. And like, I would also like to point out that 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 attitude of not believing that you're a creative I think also lends people to believe that they can't tackle that next technique. They can't move up to that next skill level. It's just like this little like negative brain always going, No, you can't no, you can't do that. That's not for you. When like the other bit yeah. should be I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Yeah. It should be like, why do you do that? And even if I can't, I tried it. Right. <laughs> I gave no, it a borrow. I, I think humans are creative beings
1: by nature. We are creative beings. Um, It's just that we all, you know, show our creativity in different ways. Some people are amazing cooks, some people are amazing mathematicians. Those are very creative people, you know? But because of the way that uh, fine art has been defined in in Western culture, basically, you know? The idea of what fine art is and isn't um, kind, kind kind of brainwashes us into thinking
0: why well, can't do that? Because I'm not an artist. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back to the other point that you made about diversity within um, the community, and that's something that you would love to see change. And I would love to hope that everybody that is listening to this and. Uh, watching this knows full well that that's something that would only ever be supported on this on this channel and is something that needs to be hard fought for to treat humans like humans do you feel like changes have been made do you feel like like we're getting somewhere in terms yeah, of I that overall diversity I do absolutely
1: I do um personally before 2019 before that whole conversation that happened on Instagram I rarely photographed myself in on my feet rarely I just didn't want to I just I don't like taking pictures per se you know like I'm not that but then it was like you need to you have to show that you are in the space that people like you are in the space because then other people like you will see you and then they will join you uh showing their faces and, and seeing how diverse the community really is right so absolutely um, changes have been made you see it in magazines um you see the models that are being chosen the designers that that probably you know four or five years ago you open up a a magazine it's all white models now you open up a magazine and you don't see all white models which i think is great um And even outside of crafting, you see that, you know, most of the commercials that I come across are very diverse for the most part. And I love that. I love that film is being more, is more diverse. I love everything about that. So it, it trickles down, but there's just this resistance to it because it's something that is new for some people, but while it may be new to you, maybe as a person who is not of color, um, for us, it's, like, everyday, right? Like, this is, like, an everyday existence. This is a reality for a lot of us. Um, so, yeah, I, I I love to see the diversity. I love to see different size models. I love all that. I mean, it's only good for everyone. I, I mean, I don't
0: know where there's a negative in that. <laughs> no. And it can only be healthy for, like, the next generations coming through to see that, like, there's no, like one little thin banding of people that are deemed as acceptable that that's is just so wrong um yeah I I, it feels like from my very privileged white background side like there has been um there has been change but there's still quite a long way to go (laughs) like this fight is an ongoing fight to give everybody a space at the table and um, there's just always going to be more work to do because people are intersectional and hold prejudice. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things about this show that I hope you'll watch is that uh, it takes place in the 70s and she's trying to launch a feminist magazine in the 70s. And all the, the kind of pushback and all the rejection and like Basically, who are you to be a woman and have a mouth and an opinion, right? Like that was a reality, right? Now we don't so much think about that, but that was something that women in, those, in that time, and they fought for us to be able to sit here and have these conversations, you know? It didn't, you didn't have to be like a civil rights activist. Every woman in, in that generation was fought for us to be here the same way that we're fighting in crafting in our little part of the world to show other crafters all over the world and the future crafters and designers that, yeah, you belong in this space.
0: And I still believe that crafters have got some of the most powerful voices out there. Like, we can be heard when we want to be heard. We can be heard. We know how to make noise. And it's, I mean I think, it's amazing to see who's picked up on it worldwide and been like... Yeah. But just, and this is the point where they will use knitters, but they'll be like, this bunch of knitters? And you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, like the yeah. knitting.com debacle. Yeah.
1: You saw that, right? They're like, mm. hold my needles. <laughs>
0: right? Stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> you have got stuff to say, yeah. Which um, brings us neatly on to uh, the final bit that you had, which is about crochet being heard as well, because a lot of the time it just defaults to knitting and um, like we need to be asking those questions like where's your crochet and what I think one of the most positive ways that I've done it of late is if I'm in a yarn shop and they say what are you going to make with that then I'll say I'm going to make a crocheted whatever with this and I will just like push the point that it's crocheted because otherwise the default is that you are Um, like a knitter and that's it that's what you're going to do and I also feel sorry for the weavers and the spinners because they just also like we think we've got it bad try being a weaver (laughs) like there's always something (laughs) yeah but that voice really needs to be amplified about crochet like I still get it I know you still get it and it just I like I stand in these situations and I'm like are you are you are you serious you you're still just aiming all of your stuff at knitters Really, you don't want my money? Oh, okay. I'll go and spend it with your neighbor. Oh, they can have my money. I'll I'll go and spend it here.
1: I will say that though, I I think that publications like Morit are key to that because when I went to my yarn shop, one of the yarn shops that I do go down here in San Diego, and I said, "Have you heard of Morit?" and she's like, "No, I haven't." And she ordered it she immediately ordered it and then i went for the next time and it was on her table next to pom-pom next to lina like yeah so i think some of it is we have to educate maybe we have to take it upon ourselves to be the the ones to say no this this is crochet you should have this in your shop i mean look at the knit collage um cow that's the mouth that's gonna run right I think one of the most popular pa- patterns is that cardigan, that granny stitch cardigan. That to us crocheters, we're like, yeah, we we got this, right? We can do it. But if you're a knitter who's never crocheted, what a great introduction into that, right? You get to make a crochet. You, she says she's got over sixty tutorials to make that cardigan. Um, and and so yeah, let's get the big companies. Like she has a huge presence and influence. The fact that she's pushed out crochet means that maybe next cow for the fall she'll have something more intricate to crochet where crocheters will be like oh yeah i want to make that right yes. so we've got to get the big voices to hear that crochet is you know amazing
0: yeah beautiful beautiful and not yes. yes all the things they accuse us of not being able to make yeah
1: exactly so yeah I think that that's the thing it's like
0: I don't know there's just so much work to do in the crochet world babe. we got to get on it (laughs) I think that's the thing I almost feel like it's a privilege to be a knitter because you don't have these battles like I might be wrong with that I don't feel like I don't feel like I have to fly the flag for knitting and I definitely do like I feel like I do for crochet like I need to defend it it's like my crochet is like my little baby that somebody said was ugly and do not call my child ugly. Like my baby is beautiful.
1: Right. My baby is beautiful. Yeah. And she's made out
0: of (laughs) wool. My little crochet baby is gorgeous. I think the other thing that I would love to see um, kind of changed is that, and I get this a lot because I love working with like beautiful wool, beautiful British wool. And then when people talk to me, they'll go, oh, but I can only do it in an acrylic. And I'm like, you do it in whatever you want. You spend your time crafting, enjoying working with your hands, enjoying working with fiber. I don't care what you do it in. You do it in whatever makes you happy. My, yeah. my top that
1: I'm wearing is 100% acrylic. It's very inexpensive yarn. It was like forty nine a ball. So I think I made this under $10.
0: Yeah. I love this top. You do like the crochet game where you're like, I can make a jumper for less than this amount of money. <laughs> and I'm like something that was under 20 pounds <laughs> yeah
1: I, I guess yeah I think that that again is another thing that uh, people who are not in the crochet community and maybe look at us like oh you guys just use the acrylic which I have no problem with acrylic nope. um there's there's a place for everything I, I prefer to work with the natural fibers because I like hand dyed yarn I like hand dyed yarn that's another art form for me so there's such a uniqueness to when you make something uh, even if you and I buy the yarn from the same yarn dyer it's not necessarily gonna turn out the same and I love that uniqueness about it
0: yeah so I'm currently reading your you made you you made This pattern is a shawl. I obviously had to change it to a cowl because I have to fiddle. And this is your Encanto Mm wrap stroke cowl. And what else are you going to design? Like, Do you have more designs in you?
1: Yes, I I finished designing a cowl, which I showed several months ago. And then this weekend, as a matter of fact, because I'm going on this holiday, I'll be starting to design on the shawl. For this project that I'm working on, so um, yeah, so I'll be designing a shawl. I have another, like I have designs actually. They're just not written down. Like I've got the notes. I've made. I've made the things, um, but I just haven't had the the, the time to do it. Okay. Yeah, like there's never no
0: like,
1: seen Same amount of designs that if people knew the number, they would. Have you said the number?
0: I said it on the podcast and then I found more. So I, I think I said it was 25 and then I found more and it's actually 39. It's a disgusting 30 amount 30 of design. 30. But it's time. It's a, As we were speaking to earlier, it's a lot of time to get a design out. It's not this really fast hamster wheel. It's really quite involved to get that done. Sorry, that was a cat coming in. We're going to be cut off very shortly. I want to make sure that you have the most amazing holiday and really enjoy yourself and relax.
1: Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited about these chats. I look forward. I look so forward to all the people you're going to interview because it's going to be amazing.
0: That's one final question then. Who, who do you, who do you think I should interview? Who else?
1: Well, I've always wanted you to
0: interview Haley
1: because she is up north. What past the Whatever parallel and super, yep. I want. I like. I want to know everything about what she does. Where she how she gets her yarn. How she cooks everything. I just. I'm fascinated with extreme climates. Okay. I would not live
0: there because you no. Know. <laughs> she has very little daylight and sunshine in summertime. That's that a yeah. very interesting um, yeah. suggestion, and I know she has a fascinating life.
1: Yeah. I'm a busybody and I want to know what everybody's doing. I want to see what you're doing, what you're crocheting, what you're cooking. what you I want to know everything. I want to get into everyone's lives.
0: <laughs> we will make that happen As so long as Hayley is up for it. We will make that happen. Thank you so much, my lovely friend, for coming and being the first person for this and making it so easy and joyful. It's been really delightful to spend a bit of time with you. Have the most amazing holiday day. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Will do. (laughs) Thank you, Trina. It's been great to listen to us both. Thanks, Trina. Thank you, everybody, for coming and being part of it. I am waving. So is Claudia. (laughs) Bye-bye.